Welcome once again, everybody. You're listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is Employment Notebook, where we utilize the expertise of our guests to help with your workplace issues, no matter what those might entail. For this episode, we're looking at the area of recruiting and hiring and formulating some strategies for a couple of important steps within that process. Joining the show today is Kelly Dingy, who is a strategic recruiting manager for Staffing Advisors, and she also has extensive sourcing experience to draw from throughout her career. Kelly, thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Well, of course, it's a topic that's always uh, top of mind, I think, for employers and different hiring personnel. But I guess I wanted to start with the term sourcing. It's not necessarily something we hear a lot from the people we talk with. How do you define it? What's your take on what that term means? Well, I've been sourcing for uh, 15 years now, almost 16 years. And I would definitely say the definition of what sourcing has been has definitely changed over that time period. Mm -hmm. What I do now on a day-to-day basis is very research intensive. And I rely on the internet almost exclusively as far as a starting point. It doesn't mean that I always stay within that realm, but as a starting point. And so what I do on that is that I go and look for online bios, online profiles. I'm looking for lists of names. I'm looking for annual reports where I'll find more names. I'm looking for 990 forms where I'll find tax information and even more names. So I do a lot of digging online is what I I do as a sourcer. So I'm going for information. Now, as a sourcer, I can be very research-based. So Mm -hmm. I can be looking for people and I can be looking for corporate information. So that's where the bulk of my focus is. A lot of people consider segments to sourcing, either you're an online internet sourcer or you're a phone sourcer where you're working the phone all the time to find people, go through lists of names and things like that. I tend to Stay more on the internet side. I've done the phone side, but I'm able to accomplish a lot of what I do for my current firm by being online all the time. Okay. Now, obviously, this is a lot of front end work prior to getting to the point of, of course, getting to hiring being the ultimate uh, ideal there. Why do you see it as being so important to be researching so extensively and, and looking for these different avenues? I mean, why do you see this just being so vital for an employer's success? Oh, wow. It's all about data these days. You know, um, again, HR has morphed incredibly with how we capture data, how we retain data. And even from the standpoint of working for a retained search firm, data is huge for us in how we go about and do what we do on a daily basis. The information that's available on the internet is very fluid as well. Mm. So if I do a director of communication search today, and I did it six months ago, more than likely, I'm going to get different results just because of the way the Google index works and the way it shifts things up and down and hides things and presents new things. So retaining the data of what I did six months ago, as well as what I found today is vital to make sure that I reach out to as many people as possible. So that is a huge, huge part of it. And we rely on the data of the people who apply and the people who we've gone ahead and put into our tracking database, as well as the people we've just sort of glanced over and said, ah, I'll hold on to them until a little bit later date. Mm -hmm. Well, and with that, let's jump into that a little bit, because in an article that I had read, you had commented on the process of your research, needing to change a little bit, you know, always looking to to improve what you're doing. What to you was the biggest issue or was that shift that you felt you needed to make in terms of the research? 
Oh, that was that was very easy to find. It was the administrative end of things. I got bogged down in a lot of the day-to-day paperwork, the writing of letters, just even the processing of letters back and forth to candidates. You know, there's a lot of stuff that if I had a couple of extra hands, it would help. Right. And there are people who are much more process-oriented than I am. I'm much more of a creative person. And uh, having somebody who's incredibly strong and process-oriented really helps me with the flow of my work. So I can focus on building search strings, exploring different avenues to find people and ripping that data down and and helping our recruiters pursue them. Whereas somebody else can be helping me administer, you know, the pushing out of letters, the contacts back, you know, and all of that information in between. I get somebody who says, oh, I've got a referral for you. Well, somebody passes me that information. So it rises to the top of my email pile instead of being buried in there. So it's really very helpful to sort of segment out some of the admin work and not have to deal with that. So when you are searching and and looking for individuals, just gathering that data, what are the key aspects you're trying to find? Are you looking to match them up with certain descriptions of what an employer is looking for? Are you looking at certain uh, titles? I mean, can you give us a little inside look at at, at what exactly you are researching? Because as you said, there's so much data out there. Right, right. And, you know, sourcing, it relies on searching as far as keywords are concerned. So it's, it's, sort of formula driven. It goes back to sort of uh, Boolean formulas from algebra and things like that. Although, you know, if you talk to anybody who's talking about the next big thing, we rely a lot on phrases as well as, Hmm. you know, like I worked for so-and-so a company and things like that. When I go to search, I rely on like the top five things that an employer has told me are must-haves for somebody to have. So if I'm looking for a programmer and they're supposed to have specific kind of languages, or if I'm looking for a middle school director and they have to speak Spanish, you know, I'm going to be looking for that school experience and the administrative end of things. And then I'm also going to be looking for Spanish. Hmm. So keywords are are vitally important in making sure you capture it, you know, in all the many different ways it can be said. (laughs) So, so that, you know, somebody can find you because not all recruiters know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't technical, yet they're giving technical jobs. Mm -hmm. So you need to sort of dumb it down for recruiters and make sure that you're as findable as you can be and use a lot of keywords and phrases and be flexible on job titles. I worked for a company called Talus Communications maybe eight years ago. And the company was infamous for making up acronyms and names and job (laughs) titles that were so unique, nobody in the world would have them on a resume. They Mm -hmm. were really specific to our company. And yet when we would do an intake meeting, they'd say, oh, I'd like them to have this and that that was only specific to our company. So you need to make sure that it's a very broad reaching kind of keyword skill set that you're using. And that if you're using a job title, if the job title in your company is very specific to what you do, try and make it flexible, describe it as, you know, program manager elsewhere, that kind of thing. So people can find you that way if they are searching by job title. But keywords first, job title second, just because job titles can vary organization to organization. Right. No, you're, you're completely right on that. We we also you know, do out some advice and we mentioned that you don't know how an employer or anyone is going to mention, describe a job title. So you need to sort of keep your options open when it comes to that. In terms of the research, again, uh, you had mentioned something in that article about the questions that you might have or reach out 
out for. Or you just mentioned also that an employer, they may say, well, these are the top five things we need to have. Is that a focus on sort of those technical skills and you ignore the soft skills? Is there a mix? I mean, what would be your suggestion for somebody who's reaching out in that initial stage and and looking for these individuals? You know, soft skills, I can't really judge soft skills concretely by searching online. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the thing that a lot of people have to understand when you hire a sourcer, when you engage with a sourcer, have someone on your team, your sourcer needs to be looking for the very concrete for the things that are very apparent. Somebody says they have a certain skill set, they've worked with grants accounting, they've worked with a specific form, or they've done fundraising or sponsorship opportunities, you know, something that's sort of specific and niche, just like if you had a programmer who worked with C Sharp you would want them to be specific that they had worked with C Sharp, not C++ and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that where that comes into play is that a lot of times recruiters think that sourcers, and this is also for general HR as well, that sourcers can come in and make the candidate magically appear that has the soft skills and the hard skills. And we're looking at the hard technical skills when we go out and source. I think it's dangerous to infer anything. Mm -hmm. I may be one of the few sourcers out there that sort of puts on blinders and just looks for the hard technical skills versus inferring that, oh, someone says they volunteer here. They must really be good at doing this too. Right. I don't do any of that. It's just like when I'm looking for somebody who speaks Spanish, just because they belong to a Hispanic club, I don't infer that they speak Spanish. Sure. I don't know for sure until I've actually seen it on a resume or spoken to them and asked that question. And you're right, you may be in a little bit of a minority as far as the search, because you hear, of course, now about fit and culture, and and those, of course, are important, but I appreciate your point in that. It's really hard to gauge, especially when you're just looking and and researching through some data. Speaking of data, of course, there's a ton out there, as you mentioned, and you're collecting it, and, and you mentioned sort of maybe holding off on somebody for the future. How do you handle that in terms of, do you legitimately set people aside and you somehow flag them if something comes up? And what does sort of that database look like for you? Well, (laughs) that's a good question. I run two databases. I extract a lot of information and store it into Google Docs. Uh, Staffing Advisors is a small firm. We have about 15 employees. We do work nationally as well as within the DC metro area. And so I've been here almost four years, and I've acquired thousands upon thousands of names and profile links and things like that. And what I do is when I gather that information up for a first round of review is that I keep it all in Google Docs so that I can track that information and see who I'm actually going to put forward for contact. And then I'll move those people into our applicant tracking database. What that does is it offers us luxury of two databases that are running, one for free and one we pay a lot of money for. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the one for free can house everyone, even the people that weren't the right fit at that time. Mm -hmm. And then iSIMS, um, which is our applicant tracking system, houses everybody that we've had a point of contact with, even if they've said no to us or we've had to disqualify them at some point. But the richness of that data is that if I have a new position come up, and I know that the internet search results are going to constantly change, that it's a fluid medium, Right. I can go into my Google documents and I can search by titles or by jobs or things like that and rip that old data down and look at it and look at the people who weren't the right fit for, say, a director of finance and look at them for a finance manager position and see if they'd be a right fit for that. So I can take out that initial you know, step of running a search online. I can just go right to some results and see who I can put forward right away. Okay. Do you have any recommendations if somebody were to, you know, again, have come to you or you have all their information? Is there a point where you sort of 
let them go? Or is that something that you always have in the back of your mind or in your the back pocket? Or is there a point where, you know, the skills have, are, have changed? I guess, how do you work as far as the shelf life of some of those individuals? I'm a digital hoarder. There's no shelf life. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep somebody forever. I was just telling somebody that uh, is a new hire at our company, you know, DC is a small town. Mm. Seems like it's big. It has a wide reach over multiple areas within our tri-state community, but it is a small town. And so somebody who's not a fit right now, five years from now might be perfect. So I look at all of the data that I've taken in in the last four years as just being gold. And there is nothing sweeter to me. I mean, I love it when I get a hire just from going out and doing an internet search, you know, on a whim, you know, go find a project manager. I find them. Great. I really like it when I've done a search from two years ago, and we hire the person now. Hmm. So they weren't a fit right then, but we were able to still maintain that contact and that relationship and, you know, fit them into a position a couple of years later. So that's when I know that what we're doing as far as a research team is concerned is really working because we're able to harvest data from two years ago and make it work for today. I think that's a great example, and hopefully it may give some people some hope out there that uh, when somebody says, hey, we will hang on to your stuff, we'll take a look at you, that it might actually happen. (laughs) Not all the time, but at least there's an opportunity there. (laughs) Yes, definitely at our firm. I know the larger the organization, the harder it is for that to happen, but you never know. Yeah. Well, uh, we do appreciate the conversation. I think it is something that uh, people are always interested in. Before we go, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to give our listeners a takeaway, something to remember from the conversation or maybe something you'd like to emphasize based on what we're talking about. So uh, you have the floor. Uh, Anything you would like to point out or or mention to the listeners before we go? I would say right now, uh, making sure that you have an online presence is huge. Whether you decide to do it on LinkedIn or Google+, If you think you're going to be looking for a job in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, I would build an online profile now and house my resume online now so that it's easier for recruiters to come to you as opposed to you having to run an aggressive job search. I personally, in my last experience, had somebody come find me for my job and that was the best experience ever. So I encourage everyone to do it. That sounds like perfect practical advice for our listeners out there to close out this edition. Once again, you've been listening to Employment Notebook. We've been contemplating some of the processes in sourcing, recruiting, hiring talent, all those different aspects of employment. Our expert on the subject today has been Kelly Dingy. Again, she's a strategic recruiting manager for Staffing Advisors. Kelly, thanks again for sharing your insight with us. We definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great afternoon. Thank you, you too. And we also want to hear from you, the listener, as well. If you have any comments or suggestions, just shoot an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any thoughts related to any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 